This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show and today I'm joined with Alyssa Kamsky who's an entrepreneur with a law background so whether it's a solicitor or anything like that, that's what she specialises in and she's also a creative so she's very innovative in the way that she does things but she has a very interesting story around imposter syndrome so Alyssa, thanks for being a guest on the show. Hi, it's great to be on the show, I'm very happy to be on your show I've listened to a few podcasts so thank you so much for having me yeah I wanted to talk about imposter syndrome because I think everyone experiences one during their lifetime and we currently live in a world where everyone is trying themselves out with new ideas we live in a society which is great entrepreneurial one um, everyone wants to establish something open up a shop a, a pizza restaurant a charity uh, create a brand uh, try themselves out as a freelancer and it can be very challenging when the market is so saturated with other professionals and other people doing maybe something similar to you and you sometimes feel that you're not good enough. I certainly felt that when I did law and um, I, I felt that everyone knew more than me. Um, everyone understood more. And when I did drama, I felt the same thing. And it's, it's a funny thing to shake off, I think, but it can be done. There's an interesting mindset around it. Um, for me, I think it's understanding what success is for you personally. Once you find that idea of your success, I think that's when you uh, and you start to appreciate the success that you already achieved. That's when you start to shake off the syndrome. You've chosen areas where very performance-based aren't they like laws performance-based drama is based on how well can you dance or sing or act and all those things do you think that has something to do with it it's almost as like the imposter syndrome is what happens when you compare yourself to people that are maybe further ahead than you to begin with yes you do you compare yourself to people that um had Perhaps you feel like they're on the same level as you because you could be in the same year um, or in the same group, but they had a different story. So they could have been doing drama since they were five years old or they could have been doing law or coming from a family that is legal. And they obviously have more knowledge, more understanding and more technique to approach the problems. Um, and it certainly can feel that but the reason you do feel that is because when you do go out into the world to get a job, a performance-based job, you are essentially judged in your performance. Um, employees tend to look at that and they tend to, that you feel that they tend to uh, judge you how well you do something compared to this other person. But what I've discovered and what I truly believe is that when you go for like let's say a legal job everyone knows law 
but what sort of person that you are, what you really bring as an individual, your not only your academic background, but your family background, your cultural, um, that matters a lot. And finding value in that can sort of, I, I believe in your mind, ease the idea that someone is better than you because they've had that academic um, experience. Um, so yeah, I really believe that finding value in things that are not solely performance-based um, could be a good thing. You mentioned family background can play a part in how you feel, i.e. when the imposter syndrome shows up, maybe it's not necessarily career based it's performance based it's kind of transferred across into that arena did that happen to you and could you paint a bit of a picture of what your childhood was like I guess that made you come to that conclusion well for me I've always been involved in sports activities um, since I was a kid so that's probably where the competitiveness would uh, start um, and I remember being focused on doing well than to being focused on how other people are doing and if I'm doing as well as them and um, I think um, as you progress and grow up academically, we also have that. We also have where well, we have to reach certain grades. You have to get your A's, your A stars. You have to do your GCSEs, A levels, and you have to go to university if you want to be successful. And that is not always the case in life. And there are many people who are successful who haven't gone to universities or haven't even finished high schools. And they have their own um, understanding of what they're good at. They have their own understanding, their own strengths. And I think I often kind of think if I were someone else successful, would I feel this way? Oh, I'll show you what I mean. So if I sometimes feel like I'm not good enough at, let's say, writing something, but then I feel, what if I were a person who created Apple? Imagine just me, um, in the morning, I don't have the millions, I just have the idea for Apple. Would I think this is a good idea? Imagine Apple didn't exist, it's my idea. Would I believe it is just good? And if my answer is no, then the problem is clearly with me because someone else had the Apple idea and they thought it was brilliant. So uh, for me, that's how I try to um, sort of rediscover the belief in myself. So if I have an idea and if I have, if I want to do something and I always think if I were that person, would I think this? Probably not. And that's what kind of helps me as well um, to overcome that thing where I look at other people and see what they're doing and how they are. It seems like it's almost like an exercise in empathy where you put yourself in a successful person's shoes and go if I had that idea would I feel like it was a good idea would I take action on it or would I tell myself it wasn't a good idea would I tell yeah. myself that it wasn't worth putting out into the world that's what I find interesting about what you said is it's like finding what makes your feelings different from somebody else's feelings and try to really pinpoint what the difference is yeah 
um i think that that's a, that's an access sort of created for myself because everything that we ever create um and or establish or do comes from belief and if we believe we can do it then we can definitely do it and if we believe we can't then we can't um because belief propels us to achieve higher things and i think that's what makes most people that's what that's that's the difference between a successful person and an unsuccessful person is that belief and so i've put myself in the shoes of a successful person but not at the not at the height of the success right at the beginning imagine you were creating amazon imagine you were sitting in your little shed with your laptop with the big sign amazon that's you and how would you feel about it are you sort of trying to discover are you made of the same belief as the other person would you continue working and would you uh think now that that's, this is not going to work we have libraries nobody's going to want to buy books nobody's gonna ever want to have an online market because we have other markets outside you get fresh air and you have other benefits so would you have that and if i think to myself i would probably would have given up that idea is not good then yeah, uh, then I kind of think maybe I need to change that. So every idea that I get, and if I think maybe it's not a good idea or maybe my business will fail, um, I try to think of that if the person, if if I was, let's say, yeah, the creator of uh, Amazon, would I give up on my idea? Probably not. <laughs> so is that where... Once you've done the exercise, you've completed it, you've gone through the exercise inside your own head, yeah. what was the picture that you created that made you think that that wasn't the case? And what were your next steps once you realised that? Once you realised that, oh, maybe there's something that I could do about improving myself because the dots don't quite connect in the right way. Yeah, so uh, usually in that exercise, what I find is belief and also um, fear. We tend to f be afraid to do uh, what we really want to do. So uh, when I when I was in law school, I started an initiative acting for lawyers. That's when I brought my acting experience into uh, a law and into a legal um, environment, and. I spent a whole year hesitating to do it because I was really, really scared. Um, and so this exercise, when I get scared, I don't want to spend another year worrying if something's going to happen. I don't want to spend another year being afraid to approach people and collaborate with people and to ask them to work with me or to get clients and, and speak, speak about my idea and speak out. And um, so that exercise makes me realize am i scared is this what i'm scared of so back to anything that's ever been ever created there is someone behind it who took a chance um even a pen sometimes uh, i can simply just be writing and think to myself every single pen that's been designed that i use was someone else's vision it was someone else's dream that they took a chance so what other things can you do to maintain the belief because a lot of people tend to start with the best sensations the best feelings they're energized they're happy they're excited and then they get going and they realize oh 
it's hard even though I believe in myself. It's hard even when I feel great. So I've got to find a way of maintaining that because despite what some people think, it's hard for everybody. You've got to find a way of being consistent with it. You've got to find a way of maintaining the belief, otherwise you'll stop when it gets difficult. What do you do to help to stay consistent with the level of belief in yourself and trying to stay positive? Um, well, everyone struggles. Everyone, uh, it, it gets hard for everyone. Uh, sometimes it gets hard in the beginning. Sometimes it gets hard in the middle. And it can certainly be hard when you're very successful. Um, I think, believe, you just have to love the idea that you're doing. I think that's what really propels us, that passion that, you, that you're doing. But if it's something that's really causing you a lot of anxieties and stress, um, you might you could do two things you could step away from it or you could approach it in a different way so hiring freelancers perhaps to help you that could be one way you can tackle that um if you're stuck most likely i would feel uh like i'm struggling if i'm stuck on something that i can't really do well let's say marketing or um website design um, it could be emails. Um, so getting help is very important. It's very important to surround yourself with not even just friends and, and employees, but even freelancers. It, um, I think that that helps a lot. Do you find that, let's say, the more knowledge you get or the more awareness you have of what the journey is like, would you say that impacts how much imposter syndrome that you feel so the example would be trying to do things on your own let's say when everybody had help so you're trying to do something that's more difficult than the people that are successful maybe that you compare to those people you look and go they're doing really well they're successful i'm not successful maybe i'm an imposter why am i trying to do this right and then when you realize they had help does that make you feel better realizing that, well, if I get help, I can do it and then I'm not an imposter? Like, it's not that I'm the imposter, it's that I'm trying to do things differently to how the other people did them. I think that certainly if you understand that you're trying to do things differently to how people are doing, that's when it fades um imposter syndrome for me is I remember at one point going into a party and uh, this was a few years ago and everyone in the room had already done their bar training and already doing um amazing legal career things and I wasn't um and somehow these people wanted to be friends with me and though uh, they were, they're lovely people and we're still friends but I remember just thinking as everyone is chatting to each other and, and saying the things that they're doing and how they're moving on in life I remember thinking why am I here um, all these people are so much better than me and I don't deserve to be here I'm really an imposter so um, for me I feel that imposter syndrome is not just how how people do things or how they've had help or not. It's the belief or the understanding if I am, even if I had that help, would I be still like them? And that's where you kind of 
fall. You don't have to do that. You shouldn't do that. Um, your first of all, I I believe success, the notion of success, doesn't really exist. I know we say successful this and successful that, but success is a consistent journey. It you don't reach, uh, you don't reach the the top of the mountain and think you're successful uh, and that's it I'm done and dusted you continue doing something else and it's definitely a journey but success could be finishing a, a paragraph a success could be publishing a book everyone has a different levels of successes and different um, understanding so for someone publishing a book might not be a successful thing but it is successful to you. For someone, um, uh, let's say drafting a contract is not successful. Someone might think it'd be successful to go to court. So different ideas, different successes. And I think it's very important to recognize your successes, even if it's, example, yesterday we finished a website. For someone who does websites very well, that could be not a success, just a part of the job. They've done it and they moved on. For us, we finished it and it was so relieving. And that was successful to me. That felt successful to me. And I think it's very important to recognize your little successes and feel them, but also don't make them a sort of like um, a pivotal point which you, you aim for, if that makes sense. It's not a like it's not a goal. It's not a, it's 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 a consistent journey. So we finished the website very we were very successful on that day, and now we're moving on to the next thing, which is uploading everything up. And once we do that, that's going to be success again so it's a consistent journey and I think that's where imposter syndrome comes into play we always think if I achieve this I am successful but because I don't have that I'm imposter and um, so I, I believe yeah recognizing your own lower successes what they are every day but also it, trying to eliminate in your mind that a success is not a beacon that you that you get and everything is good and dandy. I've kind of got the impression that success being a destination is a bit of a trap that we put ourselves in. Because we think, as you said, we think that if we get to this thing, when we get to this thing, that I'll finally be happy or I'll finally be at peace or I'll finally feel finally feel fulfilled. Yeah. almost you know like we feel good when we get to the end yeah. and I agree with you in a way that I'm not so sure that's the case yeah. I think we need to reconcile that get past that and realize that it's how we feel day to day while we make progress towards something that's meaningful that tends to be how it is and someone told me the other day happiness is like peace times time so the longer you feel peaceful the happier you are generally so it's like yeah. if you go like peaceful day to day happiness is like week to week or month to month it's like a more all-encompassing thing yeah. but if you can focus on peace daily that tends to reflect quite highly in how you feel generally 
I agree. And um, finding that peace in when you want to achieve your um, goals and ambitions and build your initiative is very, very important. Um, that way you are able to uh, keep an objective mind, but you also allow yourself to be the best version. So you, because your success essentially comes from you, how you are, how well you're feeling, how good your mind is, um, how good your body is. So going to the gym is very important, I believe. Um, doing things that relaxes your mind, little walks, having a quiet cup of coffee in the morning, reading your favorite book or a, a new book. You basically feed all this stuff into your body and then your body and your mind then is able to perform for that success because it all depends on you. And having that peace, um, I think is crucial for your own success to find that peace every day. Is this something that you work on yourself? Do you have daily practices do you have things that you do when the the anxiousness tends to bubble up a little bit do you have something that can help bring it back down again talk us through what things are like for you at the moment and how you manage to keep on top of things so i have a routine um usually especially with covid i've kind of discovered it's very important to have a routine um i would always wake up in the morning and do my makeup even when we were in lockdown most people didn't do that but for me it felt very important um i've also then discovered using um products that smell nice were very uh beneficial for my mind so i would uh, put on perfume and I would put on my best perfume because I love that smell. That smell sort of reminded me of the good times, but more than that, that smell made me feel good. It made me feel good and, and successful in a way. So I would, um, sometimes when I would sit down and write a contract, not a meeting, I, would, I don't have anyone in front of me, but I would put on my Chanel lipstick on because that makes me feel successful. And I would put the little thing next to my uh, laptop so I can see it. And I think it's very important to show that love to yourself and to feel successful. It's sort of like fake it till you make a situation, but it's very important to, to help your mind and your body to feel successful. Um, someone asked me, uh, they've had an incident with a, with a boyfriend where they felt a little bit, um, devalued and, uh, and they've asked what they can do to make themselves feel like they're worth it again. And my advice was to, um, use an expensive face wash because that's something that you use every day and and if you're washing your face let's say with Dior Chanel you can't feel bad because you you love yourself that much that you wash it with this great thing um or whatever other brand that you might like and um I believe investing into little things that make you happy, little things that uh, bring you joy and make you feel like you're worth it again, because you have to love yourself. Uh, when you start loving yourself, you start to perceive the situation around you in a different way and you suddenly start to see opportunities in a whole different light. I can't tell you how many times I've struggled with things like this in certain situations because I didn't really take the time 
to look after myself more so some situations require me to look a certain way some situations whether i'm speaking at an event if i don't wear this thing if i don't have my little ritual that makes me feel a bit more grounded or a bit stronger in myself i tend to not perform as well so i totally understand the it's almost like chicken in the egg situation Mm. if you're able to perform better because you look after yourself is that a bad thing just because you did it to feel like you could perform it seems a bit of a a chicken and egg situation doesn't it like well if i didn't do that would i be my best self would i be able to really deliver on what i'm supposed to be delivering on if I don't do this thing over here to feel better, to feel more valuable because of what I'm wearing, what I'm doing, how am I taking care of myself? And it's interesting how the more I devote to self-care and self-love and looking after myself, the better I feel and the, I guess, bigger decisions I can make. It affects my decision-making quite a bit. It affects my ability to take risks. It affects my ability to also not get too knocked back when I get criticised or if someone doesn't like something. It has a massive effect over almost every single area. And I know as well, maybe you could speak to this as well, Alyssa, is when I don't do those things it has a complete opposite effect. I feel horrible. I'm impacted more harshly by criticism and negative feedback online or face-to-face or whatever it is that wouldn't actually even knock me at all if I just looked after myself a bit better. Yeah. I think that will um, soon fade. I think uh, because you have this, you're beginning to discover what you're capable of when you have all these other things behind you. And once you do that many, many, many more times, it sort of fades. Your, your kind of your strength just remains. So if you miss, let's say, a gym session in the morning and then you get criticized later on, you would feel okay because you have, it's about discovering what you're capable of and using all of these elements as, as, an, as an aid to that. Um, but I completely understand how sometimes when you fail to do one thing, you instantly um, consider everything else to be a failure. You instantly become more sensitive to um, how what people say to you and how you deal with those problems. So example, you failed to go to the gym for a whole month and then when suddenly someone says uh, you did this thing in a bad way, you'd be like, yes, I did, because I have shown that my my resilience or my uh, other trade that you've discovered whilst being at the gym, uh, endurance is not as great because I haven't done that. So um, I think that's, that's, uh, that's that's a very interesting point that you've said that because there are many people fall into that trap. I, I certainly do as well. And the way I get out of it is to realizing that it's there and to realize that everything that I have done prior and that I have, 
even the difference that I have made in people's lives by doing what I do is it shouldn't be devalued just because I didn't do something or just because I haven't done my little ritual um, because I'm more than that the impact that I create or and the impact that you create with your podcast uh, to your listeners is a lot more than uh, just one thing or one task that you didn't do it makes sense when you mentioned that it can like transfer over like in the short term it probably doesn't have as big of an impact if you miss one session you i don't know you have a quick shower instead of a long shower you know we don't spend as long on yourself that might probably not really affect you at all in the in the short term what i found interesting about yourself as well as a bit of a segue to the the business side is you actually ended up in law school by accident didn't you I did yeah I wanted to do psychology because I did drama before and I was actually in a play and I thought you know what maybe it's a time to do something more um academic something more serious and I always wanted to do something more academic as well as creative so I applied um, for a psychology (laughs) degree and I remember the first day I was so excited and so I sat in this big room with loads of other people everyone's so anxious and everyone's talking about law and I'm like okay so maybe the psychology bit is going to come later and another person comes on and they start talking about law as well. So I sat there listening a lot about law, thinking when psychology bit's coming. I gave a call to the admissions uh, team and I was like, "Um, listen, am I in the right building? Am I in the right room? They were like, yeah, yeah, you're in completely right place. This is all like, this is your course. And I was like, okay. And then the second half, again, it's more law. And I always thought I could never do law because it's, it's a subject reserved for the clever people. So I was like, this is really um, weird. And after the, the induction session ended, I uh, pulled one of the speakers and I was like, when are you going to be talking about psychology? And he was like, I'm not. This is a law degree induction day. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm doing psychology. And so he's taken me to the like to the back room and he was trying to understand what is going on. And he was like, Well, I've got bad news for you. You've been enrolled into uh law and the psychology course that you wanted to do is no longer running. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, he was like, So you have a choice. Do you want to like stay on law or do you want to do like an other course we have going on? And I said, I want to do the other course, but they didn't have like any placements. So what they did, they said, You have to do one semester just so you don't miss out on study. Do one semester of law and then just switch over to that course. So I did one semester and I sat the exams. So I had to sit the exams and I loved it. I, I loved it so much and the first subjects I sat were contract <laughs> and I loved contract uh, it was one of my favorite modules and hence why I write contracts now and um, yeah that's how I ended up doing law. Wow it, so- it sounds like you, you had to try your hand at it it sounds almost like f- fate almost that you enrolled onto this cause you didn't realize you were enrolled onto and you ended up loving it. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it was, and I, and 
and to every person that I say this, that they find it very amusing because law is not a subject that you just randomly jump into. It's a decision that you have to make because of how, like consciously have to make because how demanding the degree is. And I certainly didn't expect it to be as challenging as I found it. And um, I feel that it's a wonderful, wonderful subject. And, and when people ask me, should I study law at various stages in their life? And I say, yes, you do. Even if you're not going to be a lawyer, um, the, the things that you learn will change your perspective and law affects us all. We live in it every day. So why not know about it and understand it? It sounds like you felt imposter syndrome in that moment as well. Did you? And how did you handle it? I handled it very poorly. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've had, um, well, most of my friends did law, and I certainly felt it wasn't clever enough. Uh, I felt like it was a subject reserved for certain people of a certain mindset. You would have to be resilient and you have to um, be witty and clever. And because um, I think it's the portrayal of lawyers that we have in the media and, and like on TV and uh, films. And I was, I'm certainly not that. I'm not as confident as that. I'm not as loud as that. I'm not as rude as that. Um, and um, yeah, so at that moment, when I was in the class and when I had to do law, I felt like, oh, should I try this? It was sort of like, going into a river you know like when you just tip your toe and you're like oh is the water okay and then you kind of walk a little bit more and a little bit more and for me it was like that except I was terrified of the river <laughs> and um I said so I think that was uh, <laughs> the beginning of perhaps having imposter syndrome because of the back of your mind like can I do this I'm already swimming. Could I swim well? And sh should I be swimming? There were loads of actually loads of moments where I asked myself, should I be doing more? Or is this a massive mistake? <laughs> it sounds like imposter syndrome in your case is actually a good thing. Is that something that you can speak to? Like maybe it brings you awareness of something that will help you in some way. Do you think imposter syndrome is actually a good thing? I think imposter syndrome can be a good thing. I think every negative feeling that we feel can be a good thing. If we are willing to learn from it, if we're willing to understand why am I feeling this way, uh, what is missing for me to feel this way, and if I had that thing, would I feel different? Um, and and if I find that the answer is yes, I would feel different if I got a certain grade or I'd feel different if I had a certain job, then, then the solution is to go and get that job, go and get that grade or do that thing. And this is how I've built my startup drafting contracts for um, entrepreneurs and, and other startups as well is feeling that if I had something like this, if I created something like this, would I feel better about myself? Yes. And so that's how I started doing it. And I think it's for most people as well. Do you ever find that you still feel the imposter syndrome? 
kick in? Does it still happen for you? And how's yes. the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I've had this a hundred times. Yes. Um, I've, um, I've had this recently. So there's been a case that I've been involved in uh, where I had to negotiate with other lawyers a firm in central London and this is just sort of me representing my clients and a big firm of other people and I, again this is what I thought big firm of other people there's me and a big and um, I started to doubt my knowledge even though um, my knowledge is completely fine and it was backed up by other people as well, but you can't help but to think maybe I've got something wrong, maybe I understood the conundrum in a different wrong way. And sometimes I remember sending emails, not just with this dispute, but other disputes as well. I would send an email and I would just like shut my eyes and I'd be like, <sighs> go and press send and then the email goes out and then when you get a good response you're like yay but um i think everyone has that even the most successful person in the world they might be sitting in, in the most amazing office in central whatever city you want to imagine and they still would feel this everyone feels that they don't know enough everyone feels that they are not good enough and you don't have to know everything and you don't have to be good at everything um this is you have to cut yourself some slack and this is when if you really want something to be really good and you can't do it just hire someone else to do it there's no shame in that uh getting a bit of help what do you think about the idea of getting better at something a lot of people don't feel good enough don't feel smart enough whatever the case is do you think there's something to be said for you shouldn't really feel that way when you first start because you don't know everything you've not learned everything that there is to know but that doesn't mean that you can't ever be in that position yeah how do you think about okay well maybe I'm not good enough right now does that mean I should stop are we jumping the gun are we jumping to conclusions when I can always just get better at this thing if I put the work in instead of almost like we get to the end yeah kind of project our head to the end and go well I'm not good enough for that so I won't even try yeah um I think there is certainly an idea that we have when we start something, we should be instantly good at it. And I think as children, we learn to read, we learn to do maths, we learn to do all these things, and they are all very hard. We learn to walk, which is also very hard, but we don't remember those things. We don't remember how hard it was for us because as an adult, we are enjoying ourselves reading and uh, walking and swimming and and all these things that we had to learn to do so we forget how hard they are and as an adult when we start to do something else and again it's hard we kind of go oh we can't do it so for me uh, again I try to imagine myself as randomly as this may sound but I try to imagine myself being a child a baby again learning to walk and imagine if I had that body learning to walk but my mind would I give up would you would you give up because as a baby you don't have that the you don't have this 
fear that you're not going to be good at it. You just do it. You just just you just feel that you need to do it and you do it and then you, you you're getting good at it baby steps and you start walking so for me sometimes I just kind of think that if I had that mindset back then as a baby would I be walking would I be doing because it's incredibly hard for a child to start walking they fall consistently and and they need support so I kind of think would that be given up probably not so um again um see my 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 tricks to overcome all of this is trying to place myself into different shoes and and then see the situation from a very different perspective and trying to feel how maybe I would have felt in that moment. Now I can't finish this fascinating conversation with yourself without mentioning two people. I know you've got some crazy stories to share about two particular people. (laughs) One of them being Tom Hardy. And yeah. the other one being Boris Johnson. Um, <laughs> so how did they fit into to your story? <laughs> into um, Randomly. Um, so I did a, a, back in 2010, I did a drama. And I, the class just finished and I stayed behind a little and I remember I was waiting for my tutor to come out. There was something I wanted to ask them, but this was a bit late. And so this random person walks past and they look so rugged and shady. And I'm thinking they have like this huge beard and I'm like, I don't know who that is. This is a bit weird. So I go into the bathroom um, And then I come out and that person is still there looking into my classroom. And then he goes to me, is your teacher in? And he says his name. I was like, "Uh, I think he's in accounting. And he goes, oh, okay. Okay. And he walks away. And I remember I had my phone in my hand and I hid it behind my back because I thought this person was going to steal my stuff. So I was like, I don't know who this guy is. How did he get in? No idea. He just looks like a, well, a bomb. Um, And so I follow him down to my teacher and my teacher's like, oh, hi. And Elisa, I want you to meet this guy. This is Tom Hardy. And I was like, who? He was like, Tom, Tom Hardy, you know, he's an actor. And I'm like, okay. And then I tried to Google him and I'm notoriously bad with my data. So I didn't have like a way to google who he is but everyone who was around got so excited they clearly knew who he was and I had no idea um but he was so nice he was so sweet he was so uh, down to earth we went into the canteen and he had a cup of tea with the dinner lady that he that he knew as well and he spoke about his career and he spoke about how how it was challenging for him in the beginning as well and he had a lot of personal issues that he struggled with and he then taken time to overcome that and then to start his career again which I found very inspirational as well because he as far as I'm aware he didn't finish drama school and he still managed to become a very very successful person Um, reflecting back to the point that imposter syndrome is just idea that we created about ourselves Yes. And Boris, that's not to forget Boris Johnson. <laughs> uh, so Boris Johnson, this was my first um, year in law school. And we had a Christmas party in this 
club, members club in central London. And this is the first time I've ever been to anything like that and anything legal or academic and, and, and a members club of that kind. And um, I loved it. And so Boris Johnson comes in. And everyone goes crazy. Everyone starts getting so like, oh my God, Mr. Johnson, Mr. Johnson. And um, yeah, so I was a little bit unimpressed. I uh, don't know why. I was just like, I'm not going to cause any trouble. Like, I'm not really into politics. I don't really understand what's going on. Um, and as he was leaving the building, uh, he came on a bike as well. So as he was leaving, he put a little helmet on. And I was like, you know what? I want to take a photo because I'm probably never going to see him again. He was prime minister at that moment. And uh, and um, so I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a photo. And he, uh, as he was walking down the road, I was like, Boris, Boris. And everyone thought it was a bit rude. And then, yeah, I grabbed him <laughs> by the arm and I took a snap. <laughs> so I still have that photo. And it's a, it's a sweet photo because um, it kind of reminds me of my first year of law school as well. So it's a very nice memory. I can imagine that being quite surreal, actually. You know, you, you're in a party somewhere and the Prime Minister walks in. <laughs> well, he wasn't, that. yeah, he wasn't back then. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty surreal. It was pretty uh, um, interesting. It was interesting. I think some people expected him. I certainly didn't. Um, but it, it's surreal when you get to see people like that, um, like that you see on TV all the time. But it also kind of gives you, if, if it's something that you aspire to, to be on television and, and, and to have that sort of type of career, I think it's very important to meet people like that because you get to realize that they're just as human as you and they just went for it and they have that sense of belief to do so. It probably helps with our topic today of imposter syndrome because we assume that they've had it easier or they had an easy ride or they were given a lot of help to, to get to where they are. We kind of assume that they were gifted it rather yeah. than worked for it like everybody else. Well, if you think about, let's talk about Boris Johnson. Yes, he does come from a very uh, successful family and uh, he has obviously had a bit of a leg up in the world. But let's consider how much grief he has received, not only just recently, but even with Brexit, when people were chucking eggs at the car and, and calling him various names. Oh, we're not going to talk about political beliefs here, but we're just going to focus on the human aspect. Imagine being an individual who's experiencing all of that. And that is bound to chip at you no matter who you are uh, for your own mental health and your belief in yourself and second guessing your uh, decisions and he's bounced back very very well every single time and I think that is something that a lot of politicians do very well um, no matter how much hate they receive from uh, people and they receive a lot of get hate because they can they're very close to people and um, to bounce back from that just there is something very very unique about that and something that I think many people can certainly I can I should learn from yeah I think a lot of people can learn a lot from successful people I guess but then it's dependent on them sharing it to a certain degree it's very hard to put yourself in someone else's shoes in that way especially if you don't know 
all of the story and all of the information, yeah. do you? Yeah, it can be very hard. Um, that's that's why I think it's important to put yourself into the shoes of successful person from the angle that you understand. We all understand emotions. We all understand what it's like when we're being told we're not good enough. We understand what it's like when people are angry at us. So to put yourself in in those in that position shouldn't be that challenging and this is why when I always think about successful people that the, the whole exercise that we spoke about previously is why I put myself at the beginning of success rather than at the end because I don't know what it's like being a, a multi-billion company um, and having a lot of media attention but I do know what it's like when you start and I do know what it's like right at the beginning of creating something and that's when I that's why I always place myself at the beginning of great ideas of great uh, successful man and woman I think that's very very well said Alyssa I, I think a lot of people get a lot from our conversation today so I'm very very grateful that you, you took the time to be a guest on the show thank you so much thank you for those that are listening, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so you can check out our future guests, leave a review wherever you check out your podcasts and I look forward to seeing you again on the next episode. Just before you take off, if you'd like to join my inner circle which is accountability, access to me and you also get the chance to have exclusive interviews with my podcast guests. If you click the link in the description for the podcast, you get a two-month free trial in the inner circle. I shall see you on the other side.